What's happening, everybody, and welcome to today's edition of Swag Talk, the show where we cover the swag inside and out. I'm your host, Charles Wells, coming at you on this Wednesday. We're getting ready for week 13 of Championship November. One week left in the season after this week, so, you know, football is coming to its conclusion. The Swag Championship game is just about completely set. Um, Alcorn will represent the East Division. And the West will be decided next week in the Bayou Classic. But there's still a little bit of drama on hand. If Jackson State can defeat Alcorn, then that will allow either Southern or Grambling the opportunity to host the SWAC championship game. So, that means that if you're a Southern fan or a Jackson fan, you should keep your eyes on that game. Otherwise, your team will be on the road at the reservation on December 7th. So, Still a lot on the line to be had for games. Also, there's the opportunity for Texas Southern to finally crack into the win column uh, with UAPB right the ship in their final game of the season, of their surprise season. And Alabama and them and Valley hook up in the game as well. So, three games this week, and we'll talk about all three. We'll talk about a little bit of other things um, concerning the championship race. And whatever else comes to mind. So, before we get started, as usual, I like to throw out the face the social media pages. Facebook.com slash Talk, Twitter.com slash SwagTalk76. Instagram.com slash SwagTalk. And SwagTalk76 at gmail.com is the email address. So, we're going to start off the show as we always do on our preview edition with our week 12 players of the week. Uh, co-offensive player of the week from Southern University, Ladarius Skelton, six foot two, two hundred ten pound junior quarterback from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. He had a huge game in the Southern's forty to thirty four victory over Jackson State. He finished with three hundred and four yards of total offense. He was twelve of twenty three passing for one hundred and thirty three yards and a touchdown. He also ran the ball twenty one times for one hundred and seventy one yards and three touchdowns. Um, his co-offensive Player of the week mate is Alabama A&M's Jordan Bentley, a 6195 pound running back senior from Guntersville, Alabama. He set a new Alabama A&M record for rushing yards in the game, finishing with 245 yards and four touchdowns on 29 carries in a 34-28 loss to Alcorn. He averaged 8.4 yards per carry while scoring on touchdowns of 5, 9, 22, and 42. He's ran for over 1,302 yards on the season and 17 touchdowns. He holds the career the career rushing yardage record at Alabama a as well as the career touchdown record, single-season rushing yard record, and single-season touchdown record, and single-game rushing game single-game rushing yardage record. So he has totally rewritten the record books at Alabama a So great career for Jordan Bentley. Um, a kid who bounced on the scene as the swag newcomer of the year in his freshman year, and now he's leaving as the all-time leading rusher at Alabama A&M. So congratulations to him. Alcorn def- uh, defensive back Juwan Taylor is the swag defensive player of the week. He's a 5'11", 200-pound junior from Jackson, Mississippi. He had 10, intercept- 10 tackles, an interception, and a tackle for a loss. In Alcorn's 34-28 victory over Alabama and them. His interception came late in the third quarter as the Bulldogs were in the red zone. And he 
picked, he made that interception in the end zone to stop a score, actually. His 10 tackles are one shot of a career high. He helped Alcorn secure his sixth consecutive Swag East Division title. Gremlins, Miguel Mendez is the specialist of the week. He's a 5'10", 185-pound graduate, uh, graduate student kicker from Gonzalez, California. He made uh, field goals of 23 and 20 yards while averaging 35 yards per punt and put two punts inside the 20. Newcomer of the week, Nico Duffy. Running back from Alcorn, 5'11", 175-pound freshman from Tampa, Florida. Uh, he had a 100-yard rushing performance on a touchdown in Alcorn's victory over Alabama A&M. He scored on a one-yard run in the middle of the second quarter. He carried the ball 17 times, averaging 5.9 yards per carry with a long of 20 yards. So congratulations to those young men for being the SPAC players of the week. And we'll see who turns in those performances this week in our week 13 so hopefully we have some good action in week 13 and some good some good um results so we're going to go ahead and get to the stuff and um we're going to start off with our first game of the week and that's mississippi valley heads to huntsville to take on the alabama and bulldogs in a one o'clock kickoff valley up and you know started the season even though they was losing, I thought I thought they were on a promising note. Defensively, Valley's been very good this year. Honestly, um, they haven't really been out of out of out of sorts too many times. But offensively, they've been really bad. Especially like the last two weeks, they've been shut out both in two 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 consecutive games. They've been shut out, and that's um, they've scored six points or less four times. So offensively, Valley just hasn't been able to get it done. Um, they've only scored more than 20 points twice or three times on the season. So offensively, it just hasn't been that. Defensively, they've been in a lot of games, but they just can't get over the hump. Uh, they opened up their season with a 26-20 loss to Tennessee State, 23-20 uh, loss in overtime to Lamar, 22-6 loss to Bethune-Cookman, 45-19 uh, loss to Alcorn. They defeated Virginia Lynchburg 31-23. They, beat, they lost to Pine Bluff 38-6. They lost to Jackson State 31-28. They beat Texas Southern 35-14. And they lost to Alabama State 27-0. And Grambling beat them on Saturday 40-0. Um, Valley comes into this game 2-8 in the two and eight overall, 1-5 in conference. They're on a two-game losing streak. And they have yet to win a game on the road this year. They're 0-4 on the road, 2-4 at home. So it's going to, obviously, you know, this is a season that didn't quite go the way that they wanted, but you know it's still always a, a possibility to close out the season on a, on a positive note. But it's gonna be hard this week. A and M's a different beast, especially offensively, and I think that's gonna give Valley a ton of trouble because Valley, I know, cannot match them offensively. Uh, Valley's averaging 16 and a half points per game. They're giving up 28.6 points per game. They have 156 first downs. The opponent's 208. Valley's rushed for 1,462 yards on 391 attempts. 3.7 yards per rush, 146 yards per game. Nine touchdowns. The opponent's 1,724 yards on 392 carries, 4.4 yards per carry, 172 yards per game, 14 touchdowns. 
Valley is 30, uh, 142 of 311 passing, 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 1,125 yards. That's 112 yards per game. Uh, the opponents, 200 of 334, 18 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 2,480 yards. That's 248 yards per game. Total offense, Valley, 2,587 yards on 702 plays, 3.7. Yards per play, 258 yards per game. The opponents, 4,204 yards on 726 plays, 5.8 yards per play, 420 yards per game. Valley has fumbled eight times and lost five. The opponents have fumbled 20 times and lost six. So Valley still continues to have a good turnover margin. But obviously, when you're unable to do anything with those turnovers, it doesn't really mean much. Um... It's a waste of a pretty pretty decent defense, honestly. Um, Valley has 55 penalties for 446 yards. That's 44 yards per game. Opponents, 81 penalties, 794 yards, 79 yards per game. Valley's averaging 36 yards per punt. The opponents also averaging 36 yards per punt. Valley is 49 of 169 on third down for 28%. The opponents... 53 of 151 for 35%. Valley's 11 of 26 on fourth down for 42%. The opponents 11 of 18, 61%. Valley has 29 sacks. They've allowed 24. Valley's led in rushing by DeJerick Bryant. He has 144 carries for 637 yards and seven touchdowns. Caleb Johnson, 90 carries, 379 yards, one touchdown. John Derrick Smith, 74 carries, 203 yards, one touchdown. Dwayne Barnett, 37 carries, uh, 111 yards. Jarius Clayton, 17 carries, 121 yards. Bryant leads the team in passing. He's 121 of 273, 1,052 yards, 10 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Roger Totten, 19 of 35, 69 yards, no touchdowns, 1 interception. Receiving, Jarius Clayton, 37 catches, 359 yards, 3 touchdowns. Johnny Wilson, 24 catches, 226 yards, 3 touchdowns. So Devin Gray, 20 catches, 118 yards, no touchdowns. Malik Myers, 14 catches, 108 yards, 2 touchdowns. And John Derrick Smith, 14 catches, 107 yards, no touchdowns. Defensively, Tracy Tompkins is the leading tackler with 97. To Darius Davis, 74. Valmy Swanier, 54. Keontae Daniels, 52. Jerry Garner, 49. Jonathan Jones and Ray Taylor with 48. Eric Powell, 36. Ross Silvestri, 33. Dion Reed, 30. Wilmaris Carey, 29. Jamenta Shaw, 28. Antoine Howard, 21. William Morgan, 21. Tackles for loss. Garner, 14 and a half. Tompkins, 12 and a half. Taylor, 10 and a half. Eric Powell, 8 and a half. Davis, 8. Swanier, 5 and a half. Carey, 5. Howard, 4. Jalen Bell, 2 and a half. Daniels, 2. Shaw, 2. Dion Reed, 1 and a half. Roderick Stozier, 1 and a half. Silvestri, Morgan, Andrew Bloodsaw, and Terrence Williams each have one. Sex. Garner, 8 and a half. Powell, 6 and a half. Bell, two and a half. Taylor, two. Carey, two. Tadarius Davis, one and a half. Dozier, one and a half. Tompkins and Swanier with one. 
Reed, Howard, Williams, and Kamon Cooper each have a half a sack. Interceptions, Jonathan Jones with three, Davis, one, Keontae Daniels, one, Ross Silvestri, Jamenta Shaw, and William Morgan each have one. Like I say, Valley, defensively, they do a good job of making plays in the backfield. They have um, 83 tackles for loss and, like I said, 29 sacks. The problem is the other side of the ball. They just can't do anything right on the other side of the ball, and it, it it's eating them alive. The that the fact that they can't they can't compete on on the other side of the ball. They just can't make plays on offense consistently. And the last two weeks they've struggled to score at all. So they're facing a very very tough task. A uh, and M comes into this game um, six and five on the season, three and three in conference, and they're two and one at home. Uh, one and four on the road, and they have played three neutral sites, and they won all three. They opened up their season with a thirty-five to thirty win over Morehouse. They lost to Pine Bluff fifty-two to thirty-four. They beat North Alabama thirty-one to twenty-four. They lost to Samford fifty-five twenty-one. They beat Central State sixty-three to sixty-three to twenty. They beat Texas Southern thirty-five twenty-eight. They lost to Groundland twenty-three ten. They beat Alabama and Alabama State 43-41 in triple overtime. They lost to Southern 35-31. They beat Jackson State 48-43. And they lost to Alcorn on Saturday 34-28. And offensively, like I said, they are a really good team offensively. They have good balance. And they have some key players in the in this in the swag as far as leaders go. Um, they have some big names. They don't have a lot of depth, but the guys that play, they are more than capable of getting the job done. And I, I you know, Valley's going to have that work cut out for them. A&M is averaging 34, 34 points per game. They're giving up 35. They have 263 first downs. The opponent's 240. 1,726 yards rushing for Alabama A&M on 408 carries. 4.2 yards per carry, 156 yards per game, 20 touchdowns. The opponents, 2,493 yards on 472 carries, 5.3 yards per carry, 226 yards per game. Passing, and it was 259 of 421, 30 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 3,381 yards, that's 307 yards per game. The opponents, 194 of 337. 29 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 2,536 yards. That's 230 yards per game. Total offense, 5,107 yards on 829 plays, 6.2 yards per play, 464 yards per game. 5,029 yards for the opponents on 809 plays, 6.2 yards per play, 457 yards per game. So off just as... Honestly, as good as the offense is, the defense has been that porous. They they can make plays from time to time on defense, but I think the defense has been their downfall more often than not. And they have to play. The offense has to show up every week and, and, and basically play shootout football. Otherwise, they won't win. But that's, you know, when you got a really explosive offense, sometimes you can get away with that, and that's what they're doing from time to time. But they are, are they still a, a solid team, so you can't really take that from them. They have back-to-back six-win seasons. 
Um, they're averaging 37 yards per punt. The opponent's 36. They have 64. I mean, excuse me, they have 89 penalties for 711 yards. That's 64 yards per game. 99 penalties for the opponent's 996 yards. That's 90 yards per game. They are 63 of 159 on third down for 39%, 10 of 23 on fourth down for 43%. They fumbled 17 times and lost 12. Turnovers have been, honestly, their biggest Achilles heel on offense. Uh, Their opponents, 54 of 161 on third down for 33%, 14 of 24 on fourth down for their opponents for 58%. They fumbled 16 times and lost seven. And has 26 sacks. The opponents have 22. They're led in rushing by Jordan Bentley. He has 251 carries for 1,307 yards and 17 touchdowns. Gary Quarles, 61 carries, 253 yards and one touchdown. And nobody else has double-digit carries. So, uh, Glass, the quarterback, does, but he is in negative yardage due to sacks. So, um... Nobody runs the ball but Jordan Bentley. I mean, they don't really, they don't make it a secret of what they like to do. And it's hard to stop him. I mean, he's only been held under 100 yards a couple times this year. So it it really takes, you know, you have to pick your poison. If you try to focus on stopping the run game, then the pass game is going to kill you. If you try to stop the pass game, the run game is going to kill you. So they do make you pick your poison, but they don't give you a lot of options. You know, it's not like death by a thousand cuts. It's like one stab, you know, from one big knife. But that's how they do, and it's been successful for them. Gil Glass is the quarterback. He's 256 of 414, 3,328 yards, 29 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. And nobody else has any has double-digit attempts. I mean, you add up the other three people who've thrown passes, they've thrown seven passes. Um combined so they don't they don't play anybody else glass has been lucky not to miss it miss any time they don't you know they don't rotate anybody they don't take him out they don't you know that that's that's who they guys and they 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 roll with that the brian moore 55 catches 984 yards eight touchdowns ibrahim 50 catches 898 yards 10 touchdowns kendrick johnson 21 catches, 253 yards, three touchdowns. Brian Jenkins, 22 catches, 245 yards, one touchdown. Cameron Young, 30 catches, 222 yards. Jordan Bentley, 21 catches, 190 yards, two touchdowns. Odu Hilaire, 13 catches, 176 yards, no touchdowns. They have the possibility this week of two guys going over 1,000 yards in receiving. So they definitely have a, a, a great passing offense and they they get the guys know how to get open they know how to scramble drill and, and and if glass breaks free they know how to break off routes and make themselves available for him they have a very good offense i mean i know i've said that a bunch of times but you really have to watch them and and understand you know they don't do anything really fancy they they scheme a little bit differently than a lot of teams in the league do uh, they use motion a lot more. Sometimes they'll send a guy in motion, then send another guy in motion behind him. Then, you know, after those guys get set, they send a third guy in motion and they throw a screen to him. Uh, uh, but the running game is pretty much straightforward. They may fake a jet sweep, but it's pretty much straightforward. And Bentley is capable of carrying the load in that way. And Glass can hurt you any way he wants to with his arm. 
he can scramble too. He's not really a running threat, but he can scramble and and make himself um make himself elusive to the defense. Uh, Armani Holloway is the leading tackler. He has 102 tackles. Kelly, 80. Trenton McGee, 56. Marquise Price, 47. Denzel Davis, 43. Fletcher, 40. Portlock, 35. Marcus Cushine, 35. Selmar Russell, 34. Uh, Williams, 31. Mike Mills, 28. Amari Holloway and Tawali Wilson, 27. Breon Austin, 21. Amir Berry, 20. Tackles for loss, Holloway. Armani Holloway, 12, Kushine, 11, Kelly, 8, Selmar Russell, 5.5, Marquise Price, 5, Austin, 5, Mason Ellis, 4, Denzel Davis, 3, Adrian Portlock, 3, Trenton McGee, 2.5, Struggs, 2, Callaway, 2, Carter, 2, McGee, 2, and Galford, 2. Sacks. Kushine, seven, Price, three and a half, Mason, Ellis, three and a half, Kelly, three, Breon, Austin, three, Armani, Holloway, two, Russell, one, Davis, one, Carter, one, interceptions, Portlock leads with three, and Fletcher has three as well, Kelly, two, Williams, one, Mills, one, Caleb Riley, one, and DeMarco Glass with one. This game pretty much is going to be, is going to be what A&M makes it. Um, if they come out focused and determined, I don't think Valley stands much of a chance. Um, if Valley is able to turn him over, which a and has been prone to turnovers, Valley may be able to, to do a little something, but I don't think Valley offensively is going to be able to, to score points, really. They've struggled for most of the year to do that. So I don't really see that changing. I think a will win this game. I'm going to say 38-7. to 7. I think Valley will actually get on the board this week, but I think um, A&M is too much for them. Uh, the next game we're going to talk about, um, Texas Southern goes to Pine Bluff to take on the Golden Lions, uh, 3 o'clock kickoff in Pine Bluff. Texas Southern comes in to this game with their last opportunity to win a, com- a-, a game period. Uh, they're 0-10, 0-6 in conference. 10-game losing streak. Obviously, they're 0-3 at home, 0-6 on the road, and 0-1 in a neutral site. And this is do or die. I mean, you know, they they had you know they had opportunities to win games. They just haven't been able to, been able to do it. So they have to do it now or else they finish with zero wins on the season. They lost to Prairie View 44-23. They lost to Incarnate Word 63-44. They lost to ULL 77-6. They lost to Houston Baptist 68-31. They lost to Alabama A&M 35-28 in overtime. They lost to Missouri S&T 23-20. They lost to Southern 28-21. They lost to Mississippi, they lost to Mississippi Valley 35-14. They lost to Grambling 55-20. And they lost to Alabama State 27-21. In a game that they fell behind in, but they kind of fought their way back and made it a little bit closer. They're averaging 24 points per game. They're allowing 48 they have 151 first downs, uh, 205 first downs for the opponents. Texas Southern has ran for 1,033 yards on 273 carries, 3.8 yards per carry, 147 yards per game, 10 touchdowns. The opponents, 1,849 yards on 277 carries, 6.7 yards per carry, 264 yards per game, 20 touchdowns. 
Texas Southern is 170 of 272 passing, 2,060 yards, 10 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 294 yards per game. The opponents 179 of 283, 24 touchdowns, 4 interceptions, 2,392 yards, that's 341 yards per game. Total offense, 3,093 yards for Texas Southern on 545 plays, 5.7 yards per play, 441 yards per game. The opponents, 4,241 yards on 560 plays, 7.6 yards per play, 605 yards per game. Texas Southern is averaging 37 yards per punt. They're allowing 39. They fumbled 15 times and lost 9. The opponents have fumbled 15, 5 times and lost 4. Texas Southern has 43 penalties for 357 yards. That's 51 yards per game. The opponents, 65 penalties for 584 yards. That's 83 yards per game. Texas Southern is 38 of 115 on third down for 33%. The opponents, 7 of 13 on, I mean, excuse me, Texas Southern, 7 of 13 on fourth down for 54%, and they have 10 sacks. The opponents, 39 of 95 on third down for 41%. 7 of 8 on 4th down for 88%, and they have 14 sacks. Dominic Franklin leads the team in rushing with 69 carries for 366 yards and 3 touchdowns. Ladarius Owens, 44 carries, 261 yards, 2 touchdowns. Tyler Cook, 47 carries, 175 yards, 2 touchdowns. Ja'Cory Howard, 36 carries, 153 yards. Devin Williams, 21 carries, 87 yards and 3 touchdowns. Devin Williams leads the team in passing. He's 87 of 138. Three touchdowns, three interceptions, 899 yards. DeAndre Johnson, 83 of 134. Seven touchdowns, two interceptions, 1,161 yards. Donnie Corley leads the team with 49 catches for 723 yards and two touchdowns. Thurman Morbley, 25 catches, 251 yards. Trendavian Dixon, 23 catches. 419 yards, 4 touchdowns. Malik Webb, 18 catches, 169 yards. Rolaine Oliver, 16 catches, 157 yards, 1 touchdown. Kaylin Davis, 10 catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown. And Chris Long, 8 catches, 130 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Defensively, they're led in tackles by Patrick Howell with 48. Josh Murray, 37. Ike Onwasonia, 37. Markel Daigle, 34. Jarrell Taylor, 34. Minnie Kefra, 32. Ja'Cory Benjamin, 31. Jadrain McGraw, 31. Michael Badejo, 27. Byron Edwards, 25. Um, Tackles for loss. Onwasonia with 9. Badejo with 6. Kefra, I mean, excuse me, uh, Taylor, 3. McGraw, two. Sherry Duran, two. One and a half for Carter. One and a half for Murray and Kepra, as well as Ja'Cory Benjamin, each with one and a half tackles for loss. Honor Sonia leads the team with two sacks, along with Michael Badejo. Uh, Markel Dago with one. Taylor with one. Carter with one. Interceptions. Edwards with two. Benjamin, one. And Dago with one. And they face a Pine Bluff team who started off the season really, really good. Um, 
seem to be on the cusp of making a big jump. And now they're kind of cooled off a bit. They're on a three-game losing streak. Right now they're 5-5, five and 2-4 five, and four in the conference. Uh, they're 3-2 and two at home, 2-3 and three on the road. But this team obviously is still still has, I mean, you know, a chance to win six games on the season when they were probably predicted to win two at best, maybe three. So it's still a good season. You know, you you, you kind of wish that you didn't have that swoon, but they um they just haven't they haven't really had a good second half of the season. They started off the season really good. They lost um to TCU thirty nine to seven. They beat Alabama and them fifty two thirty four. They beat Langston fifty three fifteen. They beat Tennessee State 37-31. They lost to Southern 31-7. They beat Lane 45-38. They beat Valley 38-6. They lost to Groundland 39-33. They lost to Jackson State 21-12. And they lost to Prairie View 37-20. So they ha- they've been they've scored points. They that's never that hasn't really been an issue. I think their biggest issue this year has been injuries. I think they've been pretty banged up. And they lost some guys that, that kind of threw off what they had going. And they just haven't really responded well. They're averaging 30 points a game. They're allowing 29. They have 212 first downs. The opponent's 198. Pine Bluff has run for 1,560 yards on 367 carries. 4.3 yards per carry. 156 yards per game. 20 touchdowns. 1,515 yards for the opponents on 378 carries. That's four yards per carry, 151 yards per game, 19 touchdowns. Palm Bluff is 192 of 316 passing, 24 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, 2,828 yards. That's 282 yards per game. The opponents, 190 of 329, 14 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 2,304 yards, 230 yards per game. Pine Bluff is uh, has 438, eight, 400, 300, uh, excuse me, 4,388 yards of total offense. That's 438 yards per game on 683 plays, 6.4 yards per play, 44 touchdowns. The opponents, 3,819 yards on 707 plays, 5.4 yards per play, 381 yards per game, 36 total touchdowns. Pine Bluff's averaging 37 yards per punt. They are allowing 36 uh, penalties, 68 penalties for the Golden Lions for 656 yards. That's 65 yards per game. 73 penalties for the opponents for 694 yards. That's 69 yards per game. Pine Bluff is 38 of 128 on third down for 29 percent. 10 of 21 on fourth down for 47 percent. They fumbled seven times and lost four. So offensively, the numbers that stand out for you that that helps you realize why they haven't been winning much lately, they're 29% on third down and those 21 turnovers, 17 interceptions, fumbles. You just can't play that way. And they've allowed 20 sacks. Last year, they allowed 10 all year. So they just, you know, they kind of hit a, a, a stumbling block and they haven't really been able to respond. The opponents are 60 of 150 on third down for 40%, 5 of five of 14 on fourth down for 35%. The opponents have fumbled 22 times, but they've only lost nine. Once again, that kind of goes back to what I say about penalties being luck-based. Um, 17 sacks for the opponents. Individually, 
Taylor Porter leads the team in rushing. 162 carries, 830 yards, 10 touchdowns. Keyshawn Williams missed most of the season with injury. 49 carries, 339 yards, 3 touchdowns. Omar Allen, 56 carries, 215 yards, 3 touchdowns. He's been banged up. Taylor Halston, 11 carries, 67 yards. Shannon Patrick, 46 carries, uh, 30 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Passing, Perry, I mean, excuse me, Shannon Patrick, 142 of 226, 2,207 yards, 18 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Skylar Perry, 50 of 90, 621 yards, 6 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Harry Ballard III, 49 catches, 842 yards, 9 touchdowns. DeWan Miller, 40 catches, 673 yards, 6 touchdowns. Josh Wilkes, 28 catches, 430 yards, 2 touchdowns. Tyrene Ralph, 28 catches, excuse me, 25 catches, 266 yards, 2 touchdowns. Jeremy Brown, 14 catches, 228 yards, 3 touchdowns. And Tyler Porter, 14 catches, 189 yards, 1 touchdown. Defensively, Blake Conner leads the team with 70 tackles. Jalen Thigpen, 64. Jalen Stewart, 58. Kobe Watts, 59. A.C. Gilliam, 53. Xavier Mitchell, 43. Sean Steele, 42. Isaac Peppers, 42. Monroe Beard, 32. Paul Reeves and Zion Farmer with 30. Jordan Brown, 23. Jakari McKinney, 21. Tackles for loss, Stewart, 15 and a half. Mitchell, 9. Watts, 8. Reeves, 7. Gilliam, 4 and a half. Beard, 4. Big pen, three and a half, Peppers and and Brown three, along with McKinney and DeCarlos Hamilton. They also have three. Blake Connor and Sean Steele, two and a half. Former Brown Brooks uh, have one and a half. Mer- Rico Merriweather, Tyler Smith, Rashad Clayton, Chandra White, they each have one tackle for loss. And Henry Murphy and Ty Christopher Harris each have a half a tackle for loss. Sacks. Mitchell, four and a half. Stewart, four. Beard, two. Watts, one and a half. Gilliam, Peppers, Brown, Clayton, and White each have one sack. Hamilton and Christian Brown have a half a sack. Interceptions, John Steele leads with three. Blake Connor with two. Jalen Stewart, Jordan Brown, Paul Reeves, Jalen Thigpen, Henry Murphy, and Martavius Washington each have one interception. So I think this is going to be a game where offensively I think Points will be scored. I think I don't really think either team's gonna be much of a factor on defense, but I do think that that uh, Pine Bluff will be able to make enough stops on defense to win this game. I think Texas Southern is gonna fall short. I'm gonna say 31 to 24. I think it's gonna be a a, a, a relatively high scoring game. I guess you could say average scoring game that's gonna probably start off a bit slow and, and speed up late. But Pine Bluff uh, will pick up the victory, and I think Texas Southern is going to unfortunately close out the season with no wins. And that's that's bad. I mean, it's never good to not win a game, but it's bad to not win a game when your offense is actually fairly decent. And I think that's going to be what bites them in the butt over um over the course of the season. They're going to look back and see some missed opportunities in a bunch of games and, and conceivably could have a much, much better record and be – at least a factor in the in in the division 
as opposed to just being a, a team that's on the outside looking in and, and watching L's pile up. Our final game is the Soul Bowl, a.k.a. the Capital City Classic, a.k.a. whatever else you want to call it. Alcorn goes to Jackson to take on the Jackson State Tigers. ESPN3 broadcast, 2 o'clock kickoff. Very important game still. I mean, you know, it's a rivalry, obviously. Jackson State can still at least knock off their rival to close out the season and maybe potentially cost Alcorn a home game in the SWAC championship. But, you know, this this is going to be one of those games. Both teams will be fired up. Jackson will be ready. Alcorn will be ready. But Jackson, in these situations, more often than not, tends to have Alcorn's number. But that's mainly because, and it's not an excuse, but it's mainly because they're, Alcorn doesn't really have a lot to play for other than pride, and Jackson State is going for broke. So I think Alcorn knows that they've been tripped up by Jackson a few times at the end of the season like this, and they're going to come out and, and take care of business. Um, last year the game was 3-3 three to three at the half. Alcorn scored 21 unanswered points in the second half to win 24-3. So this is going to be a it's going to be a physical game. It's going to be a hard hitting, you know, trash talking. It's going to be emotional. Alcorn, even though they are the better team, they're they're going to have to match that emotion but keep themselves in check and don't get caught up in anything stupid to get yourself out of out of focus, but it's going to be a, a, a I think it's going to be an entertaining game. Alcorn comes into this game at 7 and 3, 5 and 1 in conference. They're six and zero at home and only one and three on the road, so they have not um, played really well on the road. But they've had some tough games on the road too, so that's you know that that doesn't help their record. But they opened up their season with a thirty-eight to ten loss to Southern Miss. They beat Mississippi College forty-five to seven. They lost at Magnese seventeen fourteen. They beat Prairie View forty-five forty-one. They beat Valley forty-five nineteen. They beat Alabama State 35-7. They beat Savannah State 42-17. They beat Southern 27-13. They lost to Grambling 19-16 in overtime, and they beat Alabama A&M 34-28. They come into this game averaging 31 points per game. They're allowing 20. They have 217 first downs. The opponent's 205. They've run for 1,663 yards on 378 carries. That's 4.4 yards per carry, 166 yards per game, 15 touchdowns. The opponent's 1,396 yards on 391 carries, 3.6 yards per carry, 139 yards per game, 9 touchdowns. They're 184 of 301 passing, 26 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 2,434 yards. That's 243 yards per game. The opponents 174 of 298 passing. 15 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 2,071 yards. That's 207 yards per game. Total offense, 4,097 yards for Alcorn on 697 plays, 6 yards per play, 409 yards per game, 41 touchdowns. The opponents... Um, 3,467 yards on 689 plays, 5 yards per play, 346 yards per game, 27 touchdowns. Alcorn's averaging 39 yards per punt. They're also, uh, the opponents are averaging 39 yards per punt. Alcorn has 87 penalties with 752 yards. That's 75 yards per game. 
The opponents, 84 penalties, 781 yards. That's 78 yards per game. Alcorn is 62 of 143 on third down for 43%. 7 of 7 on fourth down for 100%. They fumbled 16 times and lost 13 of them. And they have 17 sacks. The opponents, 59 of 148 on third down for 39%. 6 of 14 on fourth down for 42%. They fumbled 12 times and lost 8, and they have 20 sacks. So a couple of things that are out of the ordinary for Alcorn this year, they fumbled the ball quite a bit and lost the bulk of them. They haven't been really crazy with sacks, and they've allowed a bit more sacks than normal. And their uh, opponent third down percentage is a little high. Um, so they... They're not quite last year's Alcorn team, but they're still dangerous. So, you know, they're still a tough out. Um, Nico Duffy is the leading ball carrier. He has 121 carries for 651 yards. Six touchdowns. Deshaun Waller, 103 carries, 406 yards. Two touchdowns. Trey Turner, 36 carries, 174 yards, two touchdowns. Felix Harper, 48 carries, 157 yards, three touchdowns. Kevon Marsh, 26 carries, 136 yards. Jonathan Bolton, 14 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. Felix Harper, 147 of 235 passing, 25 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 2,113 yards. Noah Johnson, who missed the bulk of the season with an injury, 36 of 63, 312 yards, 1 touchdown, 1 interception. Chris Blair, 30 catches, 640 yards, 5 touchdowns. LaCharles Pringle, 33 catches, 554 yards, and 11 touchdowns. He catches a touchdown once every third pass that he catches. That's sick. Rodarius Anderson, 17 catches, 344 yards, 3 touchdowns. Juan Anthony, 30 catches, 326 yards, 2 touchdowns. Nico Duffy, 22 catches, 207 yards, 2 touchdowns. Tim McNair, Jr., 11 catches, 109 yards, one touchdown. Akeem McNair, 12 catches, 98 yards. Defensively, Solomon Muhammad is the leading tackler with 74. Quinterio Cole, 67. Juwan Taylor, 63. Kieran Kinsler, 44. Damian Anderson, 43. Daylon Burks, 37. Mikael Webb, 34. Terrence Wilson, 33. Daryl Henderson, 33. Chris Monroe, 27. Nichelle Haran, 26, Jacorian Wren, 24, and Javon Morrison, 21. Tackles for loss, Muhammad, 7.5, Henderson, 6.5, Wren, 6, Hope, Malik Holbert, 6, Deron Bonds, 4.5, Mikael Webb, 4, Jawan Taylor, 3.5, Kieran Kinsler, 3.5, Creole Argue, 3, Damian Anderson, 2.5, Chris Monroe, 2.5, Jones, 2.5, Allen Bruce, 2. Myron Means, two. Sex. Holbert, three and a half. Muhammad and Argue, each with two. Bonds and Means, one and a half. Henderson, Wren, Webb, and Taylor, and Jones, each have one sack. Uh, Chris Hart, also with one sack. And Heron has a half a sack. Interceptions. Cole leads with four. Muhammad with two. Kinsler with two, Torrance Wilson, and Javon Morrison also have two. Mikael Webb, Jawan Taylor, Allen Bruce, and Dalen Burks each have one interception. So, you know, like I said, this team is not as 
they're not as dominant as last year's team. Although they still play very, very good against the run, but they've been prone to being beat through the air. Although AM ran the ball down at those with Jordan Bentley, but they more often than not control the run game. They've been more pass happy this year because uh, Felix, Felix Harper is more of a, a passer than a runner. So they lose that dual threat with um, when Noah Johnson's not out there. The running game hasn't been great, but it's been efficient. And they've turned the ball over a little bit more than I, I'm used to seeing them do. But they're still the top dog in the East. Um, they're facing the Jackson State team that's 4-7, and seven, uh, 3 and 3-3 three in conference. They're on a two-game losing streak. They're 1-3 and three at home, 2-2 two and two on, on, on the road, and 1-2 and two in a neutral site. They lost to Bethune-Cookman 36-15 to open the season. They lost to South Alabama 37-14. They, they beat Tennessee State 49-44. They lost to Kentucky State 33-25. They lost to Groundland 44-21. They lost to Alabama State 31-16. They beat Valley 31-28 in overtime. They beat Prairie View 38-35 in double overtime. They beat Pine Bluff 21-12. They lost to Alabama and them 48-43. And they lost to Southern 40-34. They're averaging 27 points per game. They were allowing 35. They've rushed for 2,249 yards on 473 carries. 4.8 yards per carry. 204 yards per game. 15 touchdowns. The opponents, 2,352 yards on 449 plays, 5.2 yards per play, 213 yards per game, 25 touchdowns. Passing, they're 178 of 334, 2,268 yards, 22 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 206 yards per game. The opponents are 154 of 282 passing, 2,162 yards, 20 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 195 yards per game. Total offense, 807 plays, 4,517 yards, 5.6 yards per play, 410 yards per game, 37 touchdowns. Defensively, they are allowing 4,515 yards on 731 plays, 6.2 yards per play. 45 touchdowns for the opponents and 410 yards per game. They're averaging 35 yards per punt. They have 35, uh, they've allowed 35 sacks and they have 20 on the season. So offensive line has not been good at all this year. And they're not really getting a ton of pressure as a defense. They have nine interceptions on the season. Jackson State has 96 penalties for 817 yards at 74 yards per game. The opponents 106 penalties for 906 yards, 82 yards per game. They have 236 first downs. The opponents have 222 first downs. Jackson State is 54 of 159 on third down for 34%. Uh, the opponents, 54 of 142 for 38%. 
Fourth downs, Jackson State is 10 of 20 for 50%. They've allowed four of 15, third, fourth down conversions for 26%. They're led in rushing by Keyshawn Harper, 119 carries, 760 yards, three touchdowns. Jordan Johnson, 91 carries, 470 yards. Jalen Jones, 86 carries, 411 yards, two touchdowns. Tyson Alexander, 53 carries, 283 yards, two touchdowns. Kimani Clark, 43 carries, 275 yards, one touchdown. Passing. Derek Ponder, 121 of one of 222. 1,387 yards, 12 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Jalen Jones, 47 of 95, 780 yards, 9 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Leading receiver, Warren Newman, 37 catches, 362 yards, 5 touchdowns. D.D. Bowie, 34 catches, 512 yards, 5 touchdowns. Daniel Crowell, 27 catches, 345 yards, 1 touchdown. Rameek Wallace, 16 catches. 252 yards, three touchdowns. Kyler and Richie, 16 catches, 203 yards, one touchdown. Kennedy, 15 catches, 293 yards, five touchdowns. Kenan Young, 14 catches, 143 yards, two touchdowns. And Kobe Gates, 10 catches, 120 yards. Defensively, the leading tackler is Keontae Hampton with 102. Tyler Rogers, 68. Rashad Jenkins, 47. Arrington, 46. Chikaiza Glass, 44. Anderson, 40. Khalil Johnson, 35. DR, 32. Burnett, Kidar, 31. Evaya Payton, 29. McIntosh, 28. Markel Gladney, 25. Jumani Crane, 23. And Justin Reagan, 20. Tackles for loss, Hampton, 13.5. Reagan, 10.5. Anderson, 6.5. Crane, 4.5. Glass, 4. Mitchell, 4. Arrington, 3. McIntosh, 3. Uh, Burnett, Kadar, 2.5. Johnson, 2. Thier, 2. Gladney, 2. Peyton, 1.5. Rogers, Holmes, Casby, Hanspart, and Bowie each have 1. Hampton leads the team in sacks with 4.5. Anderson, 3. Crane, 3. Reagan, 2.5. Rogers, 2. Glass, Mitchell, Arrington, Kidar, and Peyton each have one sack, and McIntosh has a half a sack. Interceptions, C.J. Holmes and Rashad Jenkins with three each. Alex, Tanoa Alex, Deshaun Baker, and Matt Little each have one. So far, for Jackson, it's important to play with energy and to play with emotion, but it's also important to maintain some level of focus. You don't want to get too out of out of pocket and, and get yourself caught up. Alcorn just has to maintain and, and stay the course. They are the better team out of these two teams. So if they take care of the football and they, they take care of their business, they'll win. Jackson has played really well these last couple of weeks, but they still have some deficiencies. Um, consistency is, is, is a key. Offensive red zone scoring it is not is not there. They had two huge run, well, three huge runs of fifty plus yards against Southern, and they, I think they got a touchdown out of out of maybe one of those drives. I know two of them led the field goals. When you're playing in, against these kind of teams, you cannot settle for field goals. You have to score touchdowns, and you have to get stops. 
And I thought the second half, Jackson State didn't play as well as they did in the first. Uh, defensively, they started getting gashed a little bit. Offensively, they just got stuck on their own end too much, and they just crumbled. They couldn't really drive the field without that big explosive play. So they have to find a way to navigate an all-corn defense that's really stout against the run. They're second against the run, and they're fourth against the pass. So offensively, Jackson has their work cut out for them. Alcorn's number one in total offense, total defense as well, as well as scoring defense. So Alcorn has pretty much the top defense in the conference, followed by Grambling and then Southern scoring wise. But it's going to be a tough road for Jackson State because they have they have some issues. I still don't think they have that consistency that they need on either side of the ball to truly be competitive. But this is a rivalry, and you can always throw the records out. But I think Alcorn will win this game. Uh, I'm going to say 27 to 17. I think it'd be close early. I think they'll pull away late. Um, I'm going to take a quick look at some stats. You know, I mean, we've talked about stats a lot in this show, but I just wanted to go through um, some rankings. All, Prairie View right now is the top offense in the SWAC scoring-wise. Uh, 37 points a game. A&M is 34 and a half. Southern is 33. Valley is the lowest scoring offense with 16 points, 16 and a half points per game. Texas Southern 22, Alabama State 23. Alcorn is the leading defense in scoring with 20 points per game allowed. Grambling 21, Southern 24. Uh, Texas Southern is the highest scoring defense with 45 points per game. Jackson State at 35 and Alabama A&M at 35. Total offense, Prairie View 485 yards per game to lead the league. Alabama A&M, 464. Pine Bluff, 438. Valley is the worst offense in the league with 258 yards of offense. Alabama State, 326. The thing that surprises me is Southern and Alcorn and Southern at 7 and 8. Um, they both at about 4. Alcorn is at 409 yards. Southern at 403. Defensively, Alcorn leads the league with 346 yards allowed per game. Alabama State, 362. Prairie View 362, Pine Bluff 381, Southern 393. Texas Southern is the worst with 554 allowed per game. Alabama and 458. Russian offense, Southern leads the league with 228 yards per game. Uh, Grambling 221, I mean 212. Prairie View 207, Jackson State 204. Alabama State's the worst Russian offense with 114 yards per game, followed by Valley with 146. Southern leads the league in rushing defense with 112, 121 yards per game allowed. Alcorn 139, Pound Bluff 151. Texas Southern the worst rushing defense with 258. Alabama A&M 227. Alcorn 2, I mean Jackson 213. Passing offense Alabama A&M 307 yards per game. Pound Bluff 282. Prairie View 278. Valley is the worst with 112 yards per game. Southern 174. Grambling 203. Valley also has the least amount of touchdowns with 10. And the most interceptions thrown on the season is 17 by Pine Bluff. Passing defense, Alabama State allows 169 yards per game. Um, Jackson State 196. Prairie View 199. Alcorn 207. Texas Southern 296. Southern 271. Uh, Texas Southern has allowed 30 touchdowns on the season. That's the most. The least allowed is uh, Grambling with 13. 
So, um, just Jordan Bentley leads the league in rushing with 1,307 yards, 17 touchdowns. DeWanye Tucker from Prairie View, uh, 1,065 yards, 14 touchdowns. Taylor Porter, 830 yards, 10 touchdowns. Keyshawn Harper, 760 yards, 3 touchdowns. Uh, Skelton, 788 yards and 12 touchdowns. Ben, 729, 7 touchdowns. I think this is one of the better years for quarterbacks in in the league. Um, you have Glass over 300, 300 yards per game, twenty nine touchdowns. Felix Harper, two hundred thirty four yards per game, twenty five touchdowns. Jalen Morton numbers aren't as good as they typically have been. Um, two hundred thirty yards per game, fifteen touchdowns. Shannon Patrick, eighteen touchdowns. Uh, 220 yards per game, but he does have 13 interceptions. That's, you know, not good. DeAndre Johnson came in as a transfer and had a good season, 1,705 yards, nine touchdowns. Donnie Corley was the surprise guy in receiving with 65 receptions, almost 1,000 yards. Ibrahim and Moore, the duo from Alabama and m they both over 50-plus yards and almost 1,000 yards apiece. Ten touchdowns for Ibrahim, eight touchdowns for Moore. Ballard from from Pine Bluff, 49 catches, 842 yards, 10 t- nine touchdowns. Michael Jefferson's a surprise guy from Alabama State, 42 catches, 700 yards, 10 touchdowns. DeWan Miller, 40 catches, 673 yards. Chris Blair, over 640 yards. LaCharles Pringle, like I said, 33 catches, 554 yards, 11 touchdowns. Tony Mullins was a surprise guy from Prairie View, 35 catches, 595, six touchdowns. So lots of good, you know, lots of guys making plays on offense. You know, it's just it's been a really good offensive year for the SWAC. I, I really feel that way. I think it's been an underrated type of year, even though a lot of teams haven't really played as well as they should record-wise. But you still have teams like Pine Bluff coming out of nowhere to – Early in the season, Alabama State's been steady under the radar. Still not a, a, a flashy team by any means, but they find ways to stay in games. Alabama and its offense has been the toast of the league, rushing and passing. Alcorn bouncing back with Noah Johnson getting hurt, Felix Harper stepping up. Southern, I still feel in through 11 games has yet to play a complete game. But they um challenge they're about, they're on the verge of another defi- division championship. Grambling started zero and four, and now they're in the hunt for the division division championship. Texas Southern facing the losing season, but has been in a lot of games that they lost. This has been a good season. I mean, it's been a bumpy up and down season. Obviously, the non conference part takes a little bit of the luster off of things, but when you get into a conference play, it's been really good. And I've had a blast covering this season. This is probably the easiest year that I've had to do this show. It just didn't feel like work at all because week in and week out, there's been good games. There haven't been very many dull games. Even some of the blowouts have been entertaining. So I um, encourage everybody to take advantage of this these last two weeks because the season is just about over. Like I said, we have one week. And then two games, we have three games this week, then two next week, and then the conference championship, and then the celebration bowl. So, not much football left, but it's still a lot of exciting football. Um, if you're going to a game, enjoy yourself, be safe. If not, you know, listen to a, a broadcast, watch the Alcorn Jackson game, and put the Texas Southern game on the radio. I'm going to continue, continue, continue to, to, to plug those guys. 
somebody um, let them know, man. I I I'll pay for the advertising myself. You know what I'm saying? They ain't got to pay me to plug they show. But if they want to, that's cool. But no, nah, but seriously, I I I rec- you know I, I suggest you listen to any broadcast you want. But I will week in and week out. I always say listen to Texas Southern because those guys are tremendous. Um, we'll be back on Sunday to recap this action, and then it's Thanksgiving week. So enjoy yourself. Um, be safe out there. And once again, social media pages: Facebook.com/slash/WagTalk, Twitter.com/slash/WagTalk76. Twitter.com Instagram.com slash SwagTalk and SwagTalk76 at gmail.com is the email address. So we'll see you guys on Sunday and enjoy some Swagtion. We're out.